Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. So, and I didn't speak Japanese, so it was like, I got to the bottom and I was yeah. like, okay, well. Wait, you rolled all the way down to the. Halfway. Oh. And then I That's just... a long roll. <laughs> That's a long roll. <laughs> Hi everyone, welcome to another episode of That With Bang Podcast. I'm Patricia. And I'm Adesi. And this week we are joined by the lovely Stephanie Yaboa, who is the author of Fatally Ever After and is also an award-winning content creator and blogger. She is also a self-love and body image advocate, which is how I personally came to know about you. So it's a pleasure to have you on the podcast. Thank you so much for having me. Very excited to be here. Great. How's your week been? My week has been good. It's been very busy. Um, yeah. Things are beginning to pick up um, now with regards to like work and things like that. So it's been go, go, go. But it's been quite nice, actually. Yeah, mm. it's been chill. Yeah, I feel like it definitely has been a busy week. And I don't know about you guys, but I've been so tired. Like, yeah, I don't know if everyone's just feeling <laughs> yeah. it or if it's just me. Or... Have you been going to the office? Has commuting affected it? Like, what's... I mean, why are you tired? Patricia? Always does affect it. So I did two. <laughs> I only did two days in the office as well. Mm. But my office is so far; it's like two hours each way. Mm. So I'm like Ooh. up at quarter to six, and then I'm like getting ready because I'm slow in the mornings, and then I get to work, and then I'm already tired. I'm already thinking about bedtime. Yeah. Um, I wonder also, if it's the change in like the web, like not the weather, but like because it's getting lighter earlier, mm, and it's getting weird. darker later. It's kind of like. When it's like 8 p.m., it's still a bit light, and you're just like, oh, I'm ready to go to sleep. Yeah. And like, but it's still like daytime. <laughs> it's still quite like... day. Yeah. So it's like yeah. maybe your body's trying to get used to having to stay up later as well. Yeah. Mm. 100. I feel like that's a big part of it, actually. Um, but don't you guys like waking up to the sun? Like, I like that. It's nice. I don't like I waking do. up in darkness. Mm. Yeah. I do. It lifts your moods. Yeah. But it also just makes your days longer. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Hi, um, I had a very chill week. Um, I didn't leave the house until today and on Monday. No, um, I was working for... Oh, no, that's a lie. I'm Friday. Okay, okay, <laughs> I lied, I lied. <laughs> I stayed home for most of the week. Okay. Left the house on Friday, Monday. Monday, went to the gym. Um, you know, like everyone knows my gym experiences. I'm not the best with the gym. I just walk around and, like, smile in the mirror and walk back. <laughs> <laughs> and leave. Oh so, um, yeah, I think I need to actively, like, make a plan about what I'm going to do because, yeah. you know, I just actually want to be fit. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I'm working on it. Working Do you know what? I really love the gym, you know. I've mm. recently really yeah. started liking it. Like I had such a near toxic relationship like a lot of plus pe- plus size people do with the gym mm. because you go there and then like people always assume that like weight loss is the thing. Weight loss is the thing and that you're losing true. weight for aesthetic reasons. Yeah. Yeah. But I think once I started changing my mindset about why I'm going to the gym. Mm. So for <laughs> for me it was because <laughs> <laughs> it was because you know, I wanted to one, I broke my right ankle, and so I wanted to build up the strength. How did you break your right ankle? Um, so, oh, the story is... So when I was... <laughs> it was a couple of years ago, and I was in Japan, randomly, and I was up a mountain, like okay. in the wilderness somewhere in the north part, because I was like, oh, let me do up, you know, hiking, like, let me do something different. Yeah. 
<sighs> so I got there and I did it very like very proud but on the way back because the air was so thin mm. I was a bit like mm. discombobulated I tripped over like an exposed tree root and I just kept tumbling down the oh track. when I look back it was hilarious but at the time I'm thinking you're really laughing and I'm just really like, just are tumbling, you like tumbleweed no it was like when I think about it I was just I just kept rolling and oh. I didn't know when I was going to stop and I was on my own as well oh. so and I didn't speak Japanese so it was like I got to the bottom and I was yeah. like okay well wait you rolled all the way down to the halfway oh. and then I that's just... a long roll <laughs> that's a long roll <laughs> I like had to hobble all the way all the way down and then I was like okay so where do I go from here like but weren't you in like so much pain like at the time at or? first I thought I just sprained it right. so apparently breaks are less painful than sprains okay so I was like hobbling on it just thinking oh it will you know when you feel like you've got like a sore muscle and it will just yeah. work itself out yeah, and it yeah. work itself out <laughs> So then somehow I managed to get a taxi, got to like a random hospital. Thank God I had health insurance at the time yeah. because the fees were like a lot. So they gave me like paracetamol and stuff and then x-ray and they were like, yeah, you've broken it. So I had to get crutches and had to end my trip early, but oh, it makes for a good story, man. So I don't mind. 100%. Like, yeah. Like, <laughs> so, that, so that was it. So I'm trying to like build up the strength in that angle, but then also like, I want to just have a bigger bum. Like my bum is wide, Word. but it doesn't come out. There's no shelf. Mm. So I'm like, okay, if I start doing deadlifts at the gym, then maybe, you know. I completely, Patricia, agree. I don't want you to no. contribute to this conversation. You want like, the Patricia's mega stallion, like, you know. Bang. Patricia has a Ghanaian bum, right? Regardless oh, you're of- <laughs> oh, so you've got about me. She already has it. So more. she's she's asking for what she has and oh it's frustrating me. Sometimes <laughs> accept so that. Not, every, not everything was joy. This oh, one, God, Patricia damn. has, she already has it. She already knows what she has. I mean, you're really so I, I'm triggered right now, because but... I feel like, like, I don't know, the gym, maybe everyone, all the pain is coming out now. I feel like it's coming out. The gym. This is a safe space. I've come to recognize <laughs> that don't you feel like no matter how much you may work on a certain things mm. sometimes people have it and sometimes people don't that's true and yeah. i feel like with me i've had to accept that the packaging in the back is not what i've been blessed with it's not my ministry <laughs> i've had to accept that so you talked about anatomy of a scandal there Anatomy of a Scandal is a Netflix miniseries which focuses on a government minister called James Whitehouse and his beautiful family, which eventually comes crumbling down as a scandal unfolds. So, guys, hmm. what are your thoughts? Oh, yeah. Well, I binged all of it in the same night. I was, really? yeah, I was, I mean, to be fair, I was taking out my braids at the time. And so it was one of oh, those things yeah. where I needed something in the background <laughs> no, to be watching. Nice. Yeah. So, but then like after like half an hour of the first episode, I was like, wow, this is actually emulating real life. <laughs> On, Very closely. Yes, yes. But you know, one thing that really annoyed me, and I don't know why, it was the very first scene of the show when you're following the lawyer and she's just walking she's just walking 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 like mm. a walking babe oh, yeah. and then she walks into her like her, a walking babe yeah she just walks into like her um her, chamber. uh, her chambers yeah. and then it's very slick it's very like they mm. shot it in a way that was very reminiscent of like u.s dramas mm. like he was a strong powerful woman and she's yeah. like unapologetic and that bit annoyed me because i was like I don't know. I feel like that's very much a US type of style of shooting mm. with regards to like cinematography and stuff. But outside of that, um, I mean, it was, yeah, it was so good. I did kind of feel like I knew what was going to happen and I knew who was going to be guilty and who, not, who wasn't going to be guilty mm. um, because it reminded me of another show 
um, oh, you know the one with Hugh Grant and um, Nicole Kidman? Um, Is this a show or a film? It, it was a show. It was a TV show with Hugh Grant and Nicole Kidman. I can't remember the name of it, but I think it was on Sky. And it was like a very charismatic man, and he'd been, uh, you know, he'd been um, accused of like a murder or something, and it kind of goes into <sighs> did he, didn't he, who's lying, who's not, and um, so it reminded me of that. So mm. when I was watching it, I was like, okay, this guy just looks too charismatic and too, mm. you know, attractive and this and that to to be innocent. Mm. Um, but <clears throat> it did really take me on a bit of a, a roller coaster journey. journey. But then also like it just very it reminded me of the way in which the government and you know can spin certain <laughs> things yeah how they do it all the time it's so true i feel like to your point about it emulating real life i feel like adesi we were having like a quick chat about it beforehand and you were like it's like literally everything that i've known before yeah it, it felt so real like mm. it was scary about how real it felt i think it's just like the privilege and the entitlement because i went to i even though i went to state schools i went to state schools in like some like nice areas where it's just like rich people rich white people mm. and seeing how they talk seeing like how they don't consider anything outside of themselves like i've done one nice thing it means that i'm a good person like yeah. it's just it just felt very itchy and very icky and even like the whole oxford like libertines kind of thing like that's very real like that kind of stuff yeah. it's not a joke it's very like i hope people are recognizing that it very much mirrors what we're seeing on sky news and I mean, bbc yeah. news and it's very real i mean didn't wasn't there one mp who got like caught like self-pleasuring himself in like parliament house, like yeah this house was recent. yeah like watching porn yeah. oh yes yeah. like why yeah. like oh yeah it was actually just watching porn i don't yeah. know why i did that i thought it was like more but like <laughs> i mean i wouldn't be surprised but at this still point, to be honest. it's disgusting though yeah. like with matt hancock and and all of this stuff like it's very like it's stuff we see like in the news like very often mm. and i don't understand why that's becoming the norm and why like government and politics is so closely tied to like scandal after scandal like i guess it's historically known for that but it's like why is that so normal mm. you know it's like a power thing isn't it like yeah when i watched it i was immediately reminded of the matt hancock scandal <laughs> oh, but then also God. our previous prime minister and his affairs with that pig in his when oh! he was in you know when he was in what was what was their club called Bull bullingdon club or something like that which was similar to the libertines and they did like really weird things and yeah so when that whole story came out when he had sex with the pig i was like you see and it was in black mirror see. as well and i was yeah. like whoa no black mirror did it because of that that didn't they I, I, think it w I think they did it before the they before did it, it before. came out oh, yeah. are you serious yeah. but i did like even though you said you felt the cinematography was very american mm. i felt that i thought it was really beautifully directed like mm. i liked the slickness i liked how every episode would be like you know when they're doing <laughs> what was it when it's turning like yeah. i can't speak <laughs> <laughs> it would be like it would spin do you get yeah like the camera would spin and then it would, ah. they'll go into a whirlwind and then it would be like end of the episode i liked that part because it was like oh this yeah. is nice like even in the end of the first episode when he found out that um yeah. the rape charge came out and then like oh there was gosh. like a punch to the stomach it's like oh dramatic i didn't like though i, Why? Just, I thought that was so random it was so <laughs> random right? and it's awkward artistic. It's art. It's art. but it was like not consistently so it's like you're watching the show and then suddenly there's like him falling backwards or the mm. woman's falling through and it's just like but why have you randomly slotted this in because it's it shows it's the, at the end it shows that the story is good it's nice <laughs> it's almost like, like a physical manifestation of like having a blow to the chest isn't exactly it? Like, that's what it was i but, get why they've done it but i just don't feel like it really i don't think it works 
Why, are you actually so you don't actually think it was like nicely directed? Do you think it just needed to be like as as it was? Because I think it worked really well. I think they just needed to take that gut punch thing out. But I did like the lift scene. Mm. So mm. when she was, it's like she was in there watching them do it. I thought that was quite a nice touch to kind of yeah. like be in her shoes mm. to see, to depict like, you know, how or what must have happened. And like the switcheroos that they were doing. So like towards the end of the series where um, it was going between like the young, what's his name? James, mm-hmm. John. James, James. Mm-hmm. Um, the young James and the old James, like when they were in university, and like so that I thought was cool. Um, but the gut punch thing, I just, do you know what? It was it wasn't consistent because they didn't really do anything similar to it again, like physically. Yeah. So I was a bit like, oh. With the lift scenes, I did like how we were watching different versions of that lift scene depending on who was like depicting the story because mm. yeah. it kind of really encapsulated the he, what is it? He said, she said, mm-hmm. type aspect to the case and stuff and you're kind of like okay this is very different to what she's describing and yeah i, I like that element of the production but less so like her falling through mm. the court or like him being gut punched i was like this is a bit awkward and it's distracting me from the narrative <laughs> of it like, this is awkward even though i get what they were trying to achieve with it mm. oh yeah there was that part when she was falling wasn't it? I yeah i completely forgot about that part i was just like what is happening <laughs> yeah I don't yeah know. that was random so what are your thoughts on um kate the lawyer kate i thought she was really really good do you know what she almost like because i studied law as well so i was Ooh. very much like because i before i <laughs> had to tell my parents that i wasn't doing law <laughs> um i i was going to go into criminal law so i wanted oh. to be a, pros- a prosecutor and so it was one of those things i was watching and i was like this is what I could have been if I didn't like go down like more of the creative route. Mm. And I always said that I was too emotional to do criminal law because as much as it's like full of tea and shade, like it's so fun. Well, Mm. except for like the murders and stuff. Like (laughs) it's, it's, it's really nitty gritty and interesting. I would have thought that if I had come across a case that would have been super emotional, I don't know if I'd be able to go through with it or whether I'd break down in court. Like being a lawyer, I'm more like astounded by the one who was defending James because Mm. I can't imagine being personally for me, a woman trying to defend someone who's been accused of like rape. Mm -hmm. I don't know, like I just feel like it's, it just seems so like mad to be like, you didn't say no, you just said no, like not now or something. And it's just like, why, like, how do you like- The slut shaming was- I don't know. It's like, it's the career you've chosen. And sometimes like, I think you decide what cases you want to pick up, but Mm. I don't know. I think it's just part of the package. She may not believe everything she's saying, but it's what she's chosen to do. Um, But I wanted to ask you guys' opinion on Sophie, like as a character, like what you thought about her, her motivations and and stuff like that. (coughs) She's very stupid, you know, I would have left. I'm sorry. That comes down to conditioning a lot of the time, especially if it's like the wife's mom or the wife's parents who are mm. like, oh, you're marrying somebody with power. So, you know, he may do this and he may do that. And you just, you know, just take it on the chin and just like stiff up a lip and stay with him because you guys are such a powerful couple. And I'm just like, nah, there's nothing. Like, if you're cheating and you're just dipping into other women, I can't, I can't do nah. it. We'll all embarrass you together. I'm not, I'm not staying in this and, and being part of the embarrassment. Nope. Mm. It's so true. I think there's two parts. I think there's that side, but I also think you're marrying into a lifestyle. Like you, you're deciding like, do I want to be the person who is married to this man? Like, mm. I think it's 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 like 
as much of it is an image thing, like I'm with the golden guy, like even when she was in uni and everyone liked him, she loved the fact that everyone found him attractive as well. That's interesting to me though, because I completely understand like why people view like love and relationships as more of like a social status type thing. Mm -hmm. But then I just feel like it makes me question like how you actually see like love and relationships because like, can you enter into a relationship and stick by a man? knowing that he's done what he's done knowing that he's cheated on you like what are you really gaining anything at this point by staying if it's all about status for you really and truly there was like what was left in that relationship once he's shamed you like that like i don't i don't get it but i think it's a lot easier to say that like there's a lot of factors playing she has kids in that situation yeah, that's true. she was very much in love with him well what she was saying was that she was very much in love with him she saw no wrong in him and then when this is coming out i think it's very hard to quickly detach yourself I think it was when more and more started to come out like, and you did this, and then actually deadly what someone died, I, I, I ran away, like all that kind yeah. of stuff is like, yeah. okay, it's breaking point. But I think before it's like, you made a mistake, but you still love me. Yeah. And that's kind of where it went a bit left. Better than me, boy. Mm. I could never, if it's just, but maybe it depends on people's personal, their temperaments and mm. how far they're willing to kind of accept stuff. So for me, it's like cheating is such a, like once that's happened, I can never stay mm. with someone because yeah. then, the tr little trust that I had has gone. And I think with relationships, if you don't have the trust, it's not gonna work because you're constantly gonna be wondering when they go out, is he sleeping with this? Is he seeing this? Yeah. Is he flirting with this person? Um, a part of me does kind of feel like it's a bit of karma for her though. I feel like cheating is one thing though, but like if your man is accused of like rape or abuse, I'm, why am I gonna stay? But I think again, with that whole situation, it's about like, there's the accusation but then you, because you've never seen that side or anything, I think you ha mm. she wanted to hear it out. You need to hear it out because yeah, you think you've known enough. him all this way. I get it because like you've known someone for 20 years and you've never had an inkling that they could have done anything like that. So I can get it to that point, but whether I'm going to be there publicly mm. in court, mm. actively supporting you is another thing entirely just because I don't know how I would reconcile a woman accusing you of something in such vivid and clear detail that you have to go on trial with the with the man i know i don't feel like it was a big enough issue for her i don't feel like you don't think so i feel like she left him after a breaking point but it's like the breaking point should have came sooner for me personally i feel like even when mm. it came out that kate was one of you know her friend back from university was one of the people that you know he had had a relationship with i think she was more upset about the fact that it was someone that she knew than the fact that he could have potentially raped her. No, I see what you mean. There were several points within the series where I was like, why hasn't she left him? Why hasn't she left him? Why hasn't she, or why hasn't she like gone away for a bit and mm. just like allowed it all to kind of calm down? I don't know, like, I feel like if I was in that position and it was a guy that was accused of rape, I would go to the courthouse, but it's because I wanna see and hear the testimonies play out. I wanna see how he yeah. reacts when he's asked a question. I wanna see if there are any visible ticks or any giveaways that he's lying. Mm -hmm. And I'd also wanna see and listen to what the woman uh, would be saying as well. Like, is she, does she, not that does she look like she's lying, but like, I feel like sometimes you can always tell when someone's being very genuine because those things are so traumatic that mm -hmm. it can, like, I would just wanna see her, see what she looks like, see like how she acts and, the mm. testimony that she's given because i think it would be fair to kind of 
look at all sides before making a final decision when it comes to that specific issue i've always been like i believe the woman yeah i believe the woman until i'm proven otherwise mm. in the court, yeah in the court thing so i think i would go because i want to see the gist basically i always imagine like do you like public figures and like celebrities do they ever feel like embarrassed like or like people that know celebrities like imagine like that's your friend mm. and they're just in, like don't you just feel like icky like being associated with them like they don't have shame yeah like especially if it's something like embarrassing and just dumb like mm. yeah why are you doing this i feel like some people thrive on association though because they know that people are going to be asking <laughs> them oh what happened to your friend oh is your friend doing this how's your friend doing and it's almost yeah. like they they feel popular by association with that person especially mm. if there's like a scandal mm. yeah. some people are just uh clout chasers basically mm. <laughs> for it clout chasing man clout is killing our people it really oh. is but i was gonna ask you steph like you're a lot more of like a public figure like you're an author and stuff and you're in this space do you feel like does that ever like cross your mind like being like visible and like how has your experience been kind of um do you know what for me i always forget how big the platform i have is at times and it's only because when it comes to platforms like twitter and instagram specifically mm. even though i have loads of people that follow me i kind of only really speak to the same like 30 people mm. every day not like purposely but it's whatever the conversation is going on in the timeline whatever it's mm. always the same people that keep cropping up yeah. so in my head i'm always i'm always thinking oh it's just a small group of people that i'm talking to every day until something happens and then i see that i'm on the shade room or something like that and I'm like, oh my God. <laughs> but that platform scares me honestly so i i do genuinely forget that um i have such a big audience and so every time it kicks in i always feel like oh man i need to like scrub my feed because sometimes mm. i say some really disgusting thing i'm not gonna lie like i so i have like a really big love of like jason momoa oh my god <laughs> and back it, in though. the day so i've liked him since like 2012. wait is he Aqu Aqu aquaman, aquaman. Yeah, okay, yeah, and yeah, back yeah. in the day like the first i used to say some disgusting like <laughs> disgustingly wretched things um oh about god. how much i liked him and <laughs> yeah i remember like 2018 somebody brought it up in like a mean thing on instagram and i was like i do not remember tweeting that so i had to go oh back and just scrub all of my problematic tweets because i was like i don't want this coming up i don't want this map i kind of wanted him to see it but i didn't <laughs> want him to like randomly come across it and be like who the hell is this weirdo and then block and he's me just scared. so i was like you know what uh i can't allow my tweets to come and bite me in mm, the bum mm -hmm. you know it's um true, so i try to be a bit more thoughtful about what i write before it goes out there mm. but at the end of the day like i also try and be as real and as down to earth and as honest as possible like i don't want to yeah. be like a cookie cutter like oh this is amazing and mm. hi guys and da, da, da. no like if something is annoying me or if i need to rant about something i'll still do it mm. but i try and do it in a way where somebody can't twist my words into something that it isn't yeah. and then you end up on all of these pages and you know your forums and stuff like that so does anyone have any other thoughts on anatomy for scandal? I don't. I didn't like James's mum. Oh, yeah. no. Oh. That whole enabling Auntie. kind of like, oh, boys will be boys and all of that. Like, Auntie. That kind of thought process is something that really needs to be abolished, yeah. especially with like that internalized misogy misogyny, misogyny that women mm. or women of a certain age tend to have is it contributes towards the problem. Like, oh, my, my little Rudolph, my, he could not, never do this. You know, he went to Harrow Boys School and they treated him well and, you know, he'll never touch a fly. Meanwhile, they're just there just bumming yeah. all the time in school. <laughs> uh, allegedly, let me put that in, allegedly. 
you know, there's a lot. She's giving African auntie vibes to me personally. Yeah, because you're just giving me like, you know, the women that have relationships with their sons, it's just too much. It's not even motherly anymore. Mm. Like, (laughs) you know, where it's just like, yeah, nothing could ever be wrong. Like that kind of situation. It was making me a bit uncomfortable. Yeah. And even the fact where she was like, you were never like this before. Just accept it. Like, why? Also, Uh there was um, very early on in the series, I had, I don't know, I had like a feeling that there was going to be a character that would be a bit more of a character, but she wasn't. And that was Sophie's friend. Um, you know, when she goes to school, the school, the school, the other mother. So when they were outside oh, of the school, yeah. um, they'll be chatting oh, and right, stuff. Yeah. And I don't know, the camera kept focusing on the friend for like a second too long where she'd be giving her a dirty look. Okay. And I'm just like, <laughs> is this friend coming to do something to like, like upheave the whole thing? Yeah. I mean, it turned out she didn't. She just was probably just like a, wasn't she the prime minister's wife? That's, was she? I thought she oh. was the prime minister. Because in the first episode where she's going to the party and it's the prime minister's birthday and isn't she the same woman? Yeah. And, then she, and then she's like, oh, I have to leave. Yeah. So I thought she was the prime minister's wife trying to distance herself oh, crazy, crazy, from crazy, the whole crazy, scandal crazy. and all of that. Oh, So I thought she would be a bit, I thought she was going to be like a, not like a double agent, but like maybe she was feeding stuff to the press or like, mm, I don't know, imagine. maybe I just looked too much into it, but she wasn't as big of a character as I thought mm. yeah. she would eventually end up being. Um, and that prime minister looked too similar to David Cameron to me. Honestly, I was like, they cast eh, that very they, well. They casted mm. it very well. They knew what they were doing. What did you guys actually think about the scandal though, from when they were at uni? That whole thing with the, the heroine. But I yeah, saw it coming. Do you know what? From when he was at the, on the ledge. Yeah, when yeah I saw that coming. I, yeah. They looked very spaced out on yeah. that roof. I was like, this is the drugs that you guys are doing. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> scary. I saw that coming. I can't remember at the end if, the, if they got rid of the prime minister. I can't remember. Even the fact that after the murder has happened, or not the murder, after the death has happened, and James, that's when he found, what's her name? Ella before? With Holly. 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 Wow. He found Holly. Holly. And like, I don't know what, where your mood would switch from that to that. Like, it was just a bit like, right. yeah. It's like, how do you think about having, having sex after watching your friend die? Like, you're eh? already a wronging from then. Exactly. what? Exactly. That's such a good point. Yeah, but then I think it showed the pattern of how when he's in a heightened or frustrated situation, that's when he switches into one mad mode. Because oh, yeah, even true. in the lift, he mm-hmm. was frustrated. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's very Ooh, weird. Yeah, that's really Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. 
But I feel like it's time to move on to the final part of the podcast, Mm -hmm. which is where Patricia and I have our alternative scenes that we're going to pitch to you, Mm -hmm. and you pick your winner. Okay. Mm -hmm. Um, But um, this scene is, what did we do this scene? This scene is what would happen if um, Sophie found out about Kate earlier, Okay. and um, how that would unfold, essentially. So... Who's going first, me or you? You can go first this of week. Course, of course, Because I went first last week. <laughs> um, so my scene, um, Sophie finds out about Kate earlier and they both work together to bring down James. Um, it just unfolds in a slightly different way to what we see. Okay. Um, okay, amazing. Yeah. Okay. Great. Oh, exciting. <laughs> Sophie is adamant that she knows who Kate Woodcroft really is. After stalking the internet to no avail, she calls Oxford University's Alumni Association and finds Kate's parents' house. She turns up there and Kate's mother erupts in anger, screaming that James Whitehall is a monster. Although Sophie never made it in the house, she spots Kate's pictures on the walls and realises that she was right. Shaken by the situation, she knows she must help. After the trial the next day, She follows Kate into her chambers and confronts her about her secret. To Kate's surprise, she offers to help. They make a plan to find more evidence and create a stirring in the media to affect the jury. Meanwhile, James also has his suspicions about Kate and hires a PI against her. So, Sophie and Kate use their network to start a Facebook group for women to speak about their experiences with the Libertines and James. One by one, women share their testimonies using the hashtag Surviving Libertines. James and the Prime Minister come up many times. The media go crazy. Number 10 is quaking in its singlets. Fearing that more will come out, the boys devise a plan. James gets the Prime Minister to issue him an executive travel document so he can fly without a passport. That night, he confesses to Sophie his wrongs and insists that they should go on holiday to Seychelles to see his grandma. She plays along, sensing the desperation in his voice. The trial's the next day, but he insists on leaving that night. Their bags are already packed. Alarm bells ring in Sophie's head. She rots up Kate. Before they enter the car, he kisses her passionately, saying he wants to renew their vows whilst they're abroad. She nods. They leave at the dead of night, driving through back roads in a small car outside London. But Sophie leaves her location on as they arrive at the private jet. When the family step out of the car, they're met by sirens and it's game over for James. Sophie steps aside, allowing them to arrest her husband. His eyes widen as he clocks that his wife is a setup chick. I was like fully in the scene. I was like imagining it in my head. That's so cool. So in my scene, how would I even describe my scene to be honest? Um, Sophie isn't the hero in this scene. Um, She's more of the villain and she feeds the knowledge that she has to um, the publicist for the prime minister. And he basically hatches this scheme to just keep attention away from number 10. Okay, so that's how that works. Ooh. I don't know if I described it really well, but it'll make more sense when you listen to it. The Prime Minister's publicist, Chris, is worried that James will be found guilty and it will blow up in his and the Prime Minister's face. 
He is one of the best personal publicists in the country and wants an easy life, not scandal after scandal. He's pacing his office, thinking of ways to divert attention away from number 10, when Sophie barges in and tells him information that is the answer to all of his prayers. He leaks the info on Kate to her law firm and she is fired. She loses her license and a media storm erupts around Kate being thrown off the case. Journalists speculate why, but the one silver lining of Kate's dismissal is that they agreed to keep her secret. She knows that James and Sophie are the only ones who would have recognised her and she can't let James ruin her life twice. She follows them home after court one day to find their address and goes back the next day in a frenzy. Only Sophie is home and when she opens the door, Kate unleashes all of her hurt and anger. But Sophie coldly says she always knew Kate had a crush on James, calls her a liar and slams the door in her face. Kate decides to come forward with her story, but the world doesn't believe her calling her an attention seeker, a scorned lawyer who couldn't win the case. She feels hopeless until another woman reaches out to her in solidarity, accusing the Prime Minister of rape. They take their joint stories to the press. The night before the exclusive runs, one of Chris's insider contacts at the paper gives him the heads up that the news is going to break. Chris asks the journalist what it will take for it to disappear. The journalist can't revoke the news, but they can come to a compromise, a bigger story. The next morning, the world is in uproar. With another woman to corroborate Kate's story, the media are calling James a serial offender. But there's more. A heroin scandal involving him and his wife and the death of a fellow student that they covered up. No mention of the Prime Minister. James and Sophie are arrested. Chris revealed the heroin scandal to the paper, but swapped the Prime Minister's name for Sophie's. It's another day, scandal free. Okay. Goosebumps, man. What? <laughs> wow. Whoa, 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 whoa. So, those, what are your thoughts? Those were both so I would want to watch both of them. <laughs> like, oh, that was so good. Um, Don't pick yet. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, ask us questions, like, share your thoughts. It. We can discuss each other's scenes. Yeah. Um, yeah. um, so why did you choose to make Sophie the villain in this instance? I feel like from our discussion, it's no secret <laughs> that <laughs> she don't like Sophie. I don't like Sophie. I don't, I'm just not completely sold on her morals. I can't really understand her moral leanings in the show. And I feel like they skewed ne- more negatively than they did positively mm. and are definitely more centered on her in the implications on her mm-hmm. as opposed to anyone else predominantly um and so i just feel like because of that i don't necessarily know that she would side with kate mm. personally um which is why i made her the villain in this because i feel like she's like that's my man i'm gonna stick back beside him basically <laughs> as opposed to being like working together with kate like, mm-hmm. even in the original show i was like okay you deciding to help kate didn't feel like something that she naturally did mm. with the way her character was written personally for me. Yeah. So but she yeah. helped her at the end with the show. She did help her at the end, but I just feel like I just didn't get the best vibes from her like I in the show like say, yeah. she just didn't give me I don't know if like the way she was written just wasn't good enough and yeah. I think they tried to give her that um redemption arc and and for her to come to her senses at the end, but that wasn't well written before that moment. I just didn't feel like it was a consistent thing for me personally. Mm. So 
to me, it felt unnatural that she helped Kate in the end because I thought she was trying to catch her out to help her husband until really? she decided to not. Yeah, she was like, wow. are you like trying to dig into her identity and just be like, are you really Kate? Are you my friend? Like, it it seemed like bad vibes to me rather than being like, I want to know to help you until the very end. I didn't, wow, that's interesting. But maybe that was a plot twist, I don't know. Wow. Yeah. I saw Sophie more as like somebody who's blinded by privilege and then her eyes opened at the end. That's mm. how I saw it as. So mm. like this whole time, she was probably an enabler to everything, but yeah. she didn't know. And then her eyes opened when everything started to fall apart. Mm. And then she realized like, but you've been like this. You've always been like this. This has happened. This has happened. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't think it was more of a, I'm trying to stand by my man. I feel like by extension then like Sophie in the scene mm. hasn't cut, like mm-hmm. it's just an extension of that former attitude. Like, yeah. And just being like passive. And just complicit passive. in it. Yeah. Cause she's just like, of course I don't believe you. Like, yeah. Yeah. Gosh, no, that's wild. And I really like how you um, made your scene so that um, uh, Sophie realizes that it's Kate a bit earlier on. Because mm. for me, in the show, when I was watching the show, when we found out that Kate knew who um, James was and stuff, my thing was okay, so uni was what, maybe 15, 20 years ago. How can you not recognize each other yeah. in that? Like, I can still recognize people that I went to like primary school with. Like, yeah. you know, they, they're older, but I can recognize key features. And my thing was like, to all this time, why did it take you so long to, to recognize each other in court? Mm. I just thought that was really wild. And I know that they were probably doing it to prolong the series, mm. but I like with your and how you just got straight, <laughs> like you kind of got <laughs> straight into <laughs> it. And it almost felt like a, a subplot within the show as mm. well, because it's almost like, a race against time trying to figure out whether um james is going to get caught and sent away um because you've got the trial but then you've also oh, you've got the trial but then you've also got this underlying kind of espionage going on mm. underneath which i thought was really cool and so is that something that you would have wanted to see have seen happen in the show yeah i just thought that if someone i don't i can't imagine someone changing that drastically that you don't recognize anything about them and i felt that they didn't do enough to try and find out who she really was. Like, I would just mm. call up the uni and say, like, <laughs> where is she? Or yeah. go to her friends. Like, she went to her friends a lot later than she could have. So, yeah. I don't know. I just thought that we could, if we sort that out, perhaps they could work together. Because I do think that she remembered how um, Kate felt at that time. And that stuck with her. Mm. And, like, when everything kind of flashed back, she yeah. was now thinking, like, how, like, when she finds out the truth, how can we move on from this? Or how can I make this right? I think she felt guilty as well. Mm. Yeah, but I thought my thing was, I just thought it was absolutely ludicrous how Sophie recognized Kate because of the way she wrote. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry, but mm-hmm. loads of people do highlighting and they yeah. put sticker tabs on. When I was in uni, we all did it. We put mm-hmm. stickers on our thing. So to like single out that one detail and be like, oh yeah, that's her. I'm just like, you- but her, what about her face? <laughs> <laughs> No, I absolutely agree. But do you feel like, you know, when you have the inkling already, mm. it's more like that element consolidates mm. what you already think. Because yeah, 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 yeah. if you're not lo- if you're not expecting it, you're not looking for that. Mm. But because you have that inkling, you then see something you're like, yeah, that's definitely her because mm. there's that extra thing, which is what I think they were trying to like achieve with that. Yeah, because yeah. she said like it was your left-handed, like your yeah. left hand, like those things. Because she changed her voice. I thought that was a bit weird. She changed her voice. She changed her everything. Yeah. But then... It also makes sense that maybe if she was trying to shed that old identity after the incident that happened to her, mm. like she's really just trying to be someone else. Yeah. Any yeah. more questions or thoughts? Like, what did you think when you initially heard like each each um, storyline? I was just like, oh, when is this like 
I need to see. I like. I started um, visualizing it mm. in my head, and so like even with like Sienna Miller, like she is an actress that I've always thought was. I don't know. She just really was Sophie to me. Mm. I don't know if that makes sense, but it was just I couldn't really differentiate between her and the mm. and the character. But I really liked visualizing because I've never really seen her as a villain in any other show yeah. or movie. So it was really nice, like as you were talking tapping into it and seeing oh my gosh and she did this and she did this and it would have been kind of nice to see her portray that kind of villainous Mm. um person and i do like the fact that they kind of got their comeuppance in the end like um sophie and james like they kind of yeah you know she wanted to go down the villain route and this is where it's got you now you're the one that's in the in the hot seat Mm. um for you know um something that you didn't even initially do it was the prime minister that did it but now you're yeah, kind of taking the fall i quite like that even though it's deceptive i was like well you know mm. it is what it is you know if you're gonna yeah you know that probably was, was, he was a rat like yeah, he, was he was so sneaky he was such a weasel man and it's just like the callous way in which he was describing the case like it was all just about like getting the job done it was just getting the job done there was like mm. no like we were saying there was no like emotional kind of like connection to anything that was happening mm. so i was like this guy's motivation is literally just about getting the job done so i was like he's going to be the one that kind of orchestrates this whole downfall yeah but to you get... need to hire those people though don't you think you kind of do yeah they're, needed. they're, they're ruthless. the ruthless ones literally yeah. they separate feelings from any i don't even know if they have feelings like that but um well done guys like honestly i would want to watch both of them because they're both are like equally as valid because it it also like yours also goes into how dirty politics is and the spin involved and how people are willing to let others fall on their swords for the protection of people that they consider higher so like the pm and like yeah it really speaks to how impersonal the whole industry is within politics and you guys could be friends but then if something happens you know you're gonna have to fall on your sword for me i'm sorry kind of thing but you kind of see it in real life because it will be like i feel like even like with boris johnson and partygate or whatever and it'll be like okay we're looking at you boris but then it's like we're gonna find someone else to implicate in this story because then i need you to distract from me kind of thing but it's kind of just like men protecting men Mm. and then just like using women as collateral like you really took someone's story accusing the prime minister and just like used it as a bargaining chip to protect someone like protect your client essentially yeah and it's like okay like james got brought to justice but now there's another man who hasn't and it's just like a cycle that goes on and on and on but that's true yeah that's very true yeah we'll see what happens in court (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) yeah okay so before you pick your favorite um Adesi and i do this thing where we give each other like 10 seconds to just basically fight do our eyes. final pitch yeah. okay. and just fight for our lives and just say why you should vote for me okay. <laughs> so i'm gonna pull up 10 seconds for Adesi, and then she's gonna um um can we use your phone to pull up 10 seconds for you as well yeah that's fine cool oh because you're just charging in it <laughs> exactly <laughs> okay right three two one go Pick my scene because it emphasizes themes that are prominent, which are privilege, um, issues with that. Oh gosh, I'm waffling. I'm scared. Patricia, can we start again? Oh, please. Do you know what? Because I'm nice, I'll actually Thank give you another you so second. You You're very oh, lucky. I didn't it, have time to think. This happened another week. I know. I love it. It. <laughs> it's been a while. The it's been a while. I don't like going first. Okay, give me one, give me a time to debrief to think. I'll let you right? calibrate your thoughts. Okay. You're actually on TV. Quickly, my singlet. Um, okay. <laughs> um, 
No, 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 no. Have conversation amongst yourselves. Okay, <laughs> you can tell that she's on the ropes. I'm on, the, on the on the ropes. On yeah, your heart is really beating right now, Jesse. <laughs> I'm so dead. Um, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Three, two, one. Go. Pick my scene. It emphasizes privilege, audacity, and how people just do the most in order to get what they want. Um, it shows redemption at the end, but also shows how um the world. <laughs> I tried, Sha. I tried. Full That's stop. Loud. Patricia, I'm struggling. I can't even lie. No, you got some, some, I struggled. You got some points in. You got some points in. It's true. Guys, and that's coming law. from someone who studied law. So you definitely came so across well. law. Imagine if I was prosecuting. <laughs> um, your honor, Imagine um, if I'm on the bar. I'm like, um, the world. <laughs> <laughs> um, I tried. I tried. Go on, Patricia. Do you want me to just like, okay, fine. Um, what am I going to say? Okay. Right. Let's go. Pick my scene because I really reimagine Sophie as a villain. You also see them come to justice, but also like how the prime minister gets away with stuff. You also make the publicist more of a character, like Hands in the up. plot. <laughs> oh God, that was hard. Ooh, okay, well, this is very difficult because both scenes were amazing, and I would, I definitely would want to watch both of them. Um, it's oh, okay, okay. Why am I scared? I, it's scary. Um, do you see how I'll stutter it? <laughs> I would have to choose Patricia's scene. Of course. Oh my god. Which was I was quaking. I was like, There's only one letter that's gonna come out of my mouth. It's P. Patricia. Oh. Okay. Why? Because I don't know when. When I was hearing it, I could just visualize it a lot stronger in my head. Like mm. I was just very like, this is something that could actually happen. I don't know. It made me emote more, I think. Mm. And sometimes with shows and, and not only is like the direction and the cinematography and the storyline good, but when you have certain ways in which somebody writes that can kind of emote because the thing is with both of the stories like there is justice that comes in the end mm. but i think with the little twist there's i don't know it kind of took me on more of a of a journey mm. i think Thank but you. both were good both honestly <laughs> both were really really this good this is what they all say this is what they all say they all <laughs> they do this were. they all do this <laughs> it's actually true <laughs> we love them both but i'm not we picking do. yours <laughs> no God. cool so, yeah, i agree no, to be honest from the minute i heard patricia's one I thought it made a lot of sense. I think you went down the villain route very well. Yeah. And I think highlighting, what's the weasel called? Um, <laughs> Not the weasel. Chris, Chris. Chris, I think. No, yeah. highlighting Chris's role and how he's very orchestrated and like when he's actually given the opportunity to do his job, mm. what it could be. I mm. thought that was very smart. I felt it. I felt those ropes. To be honest, from the minute I heard it, I felt it going. I congratulate you. Thank you so much. <laughs> um, as you can tell, we get quite passionate about this mm -hmm. um, towards yeah. the end. But no, there's so much <laughs> work like went into like I love it. It was Thank so good. You. Thank you. So so good. But um, Steph, it's been amazing having you on the pod. It like, really has. We yeah. have really enjoyed your contributions. You said you've said some really good points, and it's been really nice um, discussing this show with you. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. I love it. I love TV and I love movies. So any opportunity to like talk about it, I am there. So thank you guys so much for having me. Love this that. is so fun. Oh.
Uh-huh. And um, I forgive you for p- picking Patricia's um, storyline. <laughs> wow. I'm not even triggered at all. Like I'm actually quite content <laughs> with <Right>. everything. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, C- can I close? Can I close? Feel free. Um, so that's it for this week's episode of That Would Bang podcast. You can follow us wherever you listen to your podcast. Please rate. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Review, comment, all of that stuff. And we're on video, so you can find us on YouTube as well. You can follow us on Instagram at the TWB Pod or me on Instagram at Adia Desi or Patricia at double underscore TTPR or Stephanie. Oh, uh, at Stephanie Yaboa. Yay! Yay. Um, so until next week, next week. Hey. Until next week, guys. Goodbye. Bye. <laughs>